My name is Merrill Zubro, CEO of Mark Research. I'm the chair-elect of the MS Marketing Research Program at Michigan State and excited to be here today. We are talking about Spartan Insights. Spartan Insights is a series of podcasts that I'll be hosting and interviewing one of the 350 alumni and 60 board members from the Michigan State Marketing Research Program. Today's guest on Spartan Insight is Katie Caldwell, the research analyst at Quicken Loans. Katie, welcome to Spartan Insights. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. All right. So, Katie, I got to ask you, I know you work for, for a company that's owned by Dan Gilbert, who owns the Cavaliers. So I know you sit courtside with him uh, at, at the Cavaliers games, right? You go out to Cleveland? <laughs> yep. Every single one before quarantine. Yep. <laughs> There you go. That's great. Hey, Katie, let's start with this. Just give a brief history of your career so far, if you could. Yeah, for sure. So out of college, out of undergrad, I did go to Ohio State. So I know this is a Spartan podcast, so I won't talk about that too much. But I did study psychology at Ohio State. And as soon as I graduated, I moved down to Florida, actually, and worked in the consumer insights department at the Walt Disney Company. So there I was studying kind of consumer behavior specifically and related to the deluxe resorts there. So that was a very cool job. That kind of led me into, wow, I really love market research. I really love consumer research. My significant other actually got a job in Detroit. So we decided to give Detroit a try. Basically, I started working for a market research vendor called the MarTech Group um, when I moved up here, and that is where I was working when I started my master's program here at Michigan State. They're a full-service market research vendor, focusing a lot on B2B research, but probably about a quarter or maybe a third consumer studies as well. One step led to another, and now um, I work for Quicken Loans, and I've been here for about three months. Wow. So, you know, I got to be honest with you. There's so many questions, and you know this is unscripted unrehearsed and uncensored. And the reality is, because we're total strangers, we'd never talked or met before this. I got to ask you, so Michigan State's playing Ohio State in football. I mean, is it, you can say it, is it Spartan, sorry, go state? What do we got there? (laughs) I have to say one team is 10 times easier to root for. So maybe I'll just leave it at that. All right. All right. Okay. Well, well, we could pick a color and I got a feeling that color is red. I understand. I understand what you're saying. And then I I want to talk about Mickey Mouse. You left Mickey Mouse for mortgages. Seriously? (laughs) Who does that? I know it's it's tricky, but I, I did grow up in the Midwest. I grew up in Ohio and I think just like the Florida humidity really got to me and I kind of realized I, I loved my job there. I mean, it was the best start to a career that I could have asked for. I had incredible mentors there, but it was kind of like I knew eventually I'd want to move back to the Midwest where I kind of feel like I belong. So <laughs> it happened that way. That's great. So let's talk about that for a second, about mentor, because that's interesting. And I know, I know the MSMR class would want to hear about mentors because a lot of us do mentor students. We mentor folks that are in the research community for a few years. And even people who are 20 years in the industry, we mentor them as well. So you're down at Walt Disney World. How easy was it to find a mentor? And what were things that you guys discussed and this person helped you with? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it was pretty clear who my mentor was just because she was my boss. She was my direct report. Um, Her name is Jessica Bennett. And she was incredible. I mean, she saw that I was fresh and coming out of college and I had some potential and kind of was easily molded, I guess. And so she just kind of never, you know, there was never a dumb question. She was always there, made herself really available. 
Um, and we still chat from time to time and she's incredible. But I mean, I, I feel like you have to find mentors even in college before you even get, you know, to your first real job. And I know I had an internship at Curiosity Advertising in Cincinnati and Laura Mason, she was an incredible mentor there. She kind of led their insights department and we've kind of stuck together and we had coffee, you know, last year back when we could have coffee with real people. <laughs> so I, I think it's just important to like really cling to your leaders and they want to see you succeed just as much as you want to succeed. So like keeping in touch with them and reaching out and saying, Hey, thank you for teaching me X, Y, and Z. It's gotten me to an awesome place. So just staying in touch and not being afraid to reach out. No, that's great. There's some nice takeaways. Is there one particular situation that your mentor helped you through or something that you really, really learned that you know you're going to keep with you for the next 8, 10, 20 years? I feel like the, the times that I lean the most on my mentors is when I'm like making a move or trying to decide what I want to do next. And I know my mentors have been incredibly helpful. I know I was trying to decide whether or not I even wanted to do the MSMR program. And I had some mentors kind of guide me and say, yeah, you know, I think that would make you stand out. I think that would be a good choice. If, if this is a career path that you want to take and you're passionate about insights and market research, I don't know why you wouldn't do something like this. So I think kind of leaning on them when you're curious or you know that they went through a path somewhat similar to yours, it's really nice to have someone to just kind of bounce your ideas off of. That's really well said. So let me ask you, you were at the MSMR program. When you look back, you know, Katie, did you, did you have a favorite class? Did you have something stand out? I know they're all great, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but was there one that was a little bit better, a little bit more meaningful than the other for you? Yeah, and I'm really glad you asked this question just because I think some classes have definitely stuck with me more than others, not because it's, you know, better or worse, but just because it feels like I use it a lot more than other classes. And the two classes that come to mind are completely different. The first one, I don't even remember what the actual course was called. It was just like Marketing 819. I know it was the big heavy SPSS course with Professor Wilson, but that's mm -hmm. the one where we really dug into, you know, cluster and factor analysis, regression, a little bit of conjoint, just really dug into the big heavy analytics and SPSS that I had been really excited to learn because I had been using SPSS for years. I used it all throughout undergrad and in internships, but I felt like I had so much to master still. And that class kind of gave me the full toolbox that I needed to be not an expert, but someone that my whole team can lean on because they know that I have a really good grasp on analytics and, and what we need to use and when and how even to kind of design questionnaires with certain analytics in mind. So that one I think would be the first one. And Wilson, he was also just one of the best professors ever. I feel like everyone in the program <laughs> loves him and has a soft spot for him. And then the second one, it's kind of completely on the other side, more of the creative side. Um, and that was, I believe it was called Marketing Communications with Emily Shepard. Okay. And her whole purpose of the class was to figure out how to create a compelling presentation, how to be a good presenter, how to pull together data and make it into a story. And then beyond that, it was even more like, you know, why do things look good when they look good? You know, what visual aspects can you add to a PowerPoint deck or to a report to make it look more impactful, more powerful, to kind of make certain things stand out and create that hierarchy on a slide so that they're easy to scan and, and tell that cohesive story. So, I mean, those two classes were huge for me in my career. That's great. So I, I assume you work with suppliers at your current job, right? In other words, do you work with, do you vend business out and work with suppliers? Yes, we do. Do you specifically or no? I do actually, yeah. Okay, great. 
how important is it from a communication standpoint that when you're working with suppliers to be on the same page, them understanding your goals, objectives, to be able to deliver that through presentations and the report and understand all of that? Because I got to believe that's at the top. That's one of the skills I really, really, really impress upon for young professionals mm -hmm. starting out in their career, that you've got to be an amazing communicator. If you're not, it's going to hold you back. Oh, totally. That is so true. And I've now been on both sides, on the vendor side and the client side. So I know just yep. how important, you know, how to not be the terrible client. And I know how to not be the terrible vendor. And yep. yeah, it's totally about communication and setting your expectations right from the front. I feel like the most successful projects are the ones that have, you know, weekly check-ins and you're just kind of staying up to date with each other, making sure that the project's always on track. So communication is huge and making sure that your objectives are really clear on both sides. I feel like that's the key to success for, you know, a vendor client project. So, so give me a secret on, on how not to be a crazy client. <laughs> okay. I guess it is really big on setting expectations. I mean, when I worked for MarTech, we had, you know, a wide variety of clients, some that I absolutely loved. And I would call it like the Institute of Internal Auditors, all-time favorite client. Okay. They know that. Um, and I think what worked so well with them is they were great communicators and their objectives were always really clear. And research was something that they were passionate about. On the other spectrum, I won't call anyone out, but I think what makes a tricky client is when they don't really know their objectives. They don't really know why they're doing the research and maybe they're just spending the research budget so that it doesn't get taken away next year. So I feel like me, someone who's incredibly passionate about research, it was somewhat heartbreaking to work with clients who didn't really know why they were doing research or weren't really interested in it. They were just doing it because they had to or because they thought that they should. So I think that was always a little tricky on the vendor side is being passionate about something, but then kind of presenting to somewhat of an empty room. Yeah, no, that's really, really good advice. All right, I got I to gotta admit, when I was reviewing your background a little bit this morning on mm -hmm. LinkedIn, I noticed you did something pretty amazing, which is you started a new job like, you know, three or four months ago in the middle of this pandemic. So how, I mean, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's got to be really, really hard. Let's talk about that experience because the reality is I'm not sure you are or you're not working in the in the office now, are you? No, just in my uh, living room. Right. <laughs> okay, so you're in your living room, which is which during the day is your office, which is beautiful. You don't even know probably a number of your colleagues' names. You don't know anything where the office is downtown. How has that integration been for the last three or four months? It's got to be challenging. I did think it was going to be more challenging than it is, to be honest. And okay. you know, we're we're just meeting, but if you can't tell, I'm I'm pretty outgoing and pretty outspoken. Yep. So I'm I'm yep. very open to meeting people, even if it's through a Teams call or something like that. I think yep. Quicken Loans they had been onboarding people long before I was onboarded. So I think by the time that I was joining the team. I don't really want to throw out a number because I have no idea, but they had onboarded a ton of new people and they had it down pat. I mean, like a few days before I started, I got my computer, I got my monitors, I got my keypad. Everything that I needed was sent to me 
and I had kind of the, you know, online onboarding the day that I started and just constant meeting set up to meet people, which was just really, really awesome because joining such a big company, I wouldn't have even known who to set meetings up with. <laughs> and so the fact that yeah. they took care of yeah. that and said, okay, you need to meet so-and-so we're going to, you know, introduce you to the whole team, have one-on-ones with the whole team. I mean, I genuinely feel connected to all of my teammates and they know that I even I messaged them before they said hey hey I'm gonna go on a podcast I'm a little nervous and they're all hyping me up I mean it, it really does feel like a team even though you know we haven't really worked in person together just I think with technology and video chatting and constantly IMing each other it's been a lot easier than I thought I mean not easy but not too hard either wow so you were nervous to be in a podcast with me <laughs> seriously call me crazy. Get nervous with me I've always no, wanted to do a podcast, on. but I never have. <laughs> you always wanted to do a podcast, but now you get to do it with me first. Well, this, I got a feeling because you are very outgoing, you are very knowledgeable, and my sense is you're a really terrific researcher. This will be the first of many. But listen, I, I do want you to just relax for a second, and I want you to close your eyes as I ask you this next question. You ready? Because this is an important one. In your opinion, Katie, what are some of the must-haves to be a great researcher, to be a great insights professional? Okay, what, what makes Katie's list? Hmm. That's a good one. And I'll say I genuinely did just close my eyes. I took a sip of tea. It was very <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> oh, um, nice. Okay. Yeah. So right. thank you for that. That was relaxing. But I think okay. the top two things that I always think to myself, and I kind of use them as reasons why I – enjoy market research is I think curiosity is something that you can't really teach. And I think it's probably one of the very few skills that you can't teach. It can, it has to be genuine. And I think if you have a genuine curiosity and you genuinely want to know how things work, how people think, I think that is key. And if you have that, then I think a lot of the other skills can be, can be taught. So but curiosity, then, is there anything else? There's got to be some other ones that make the list, right? <laughs> nope, just kidding. Yeah, there, I, I can think of a few others as well. I think creativity is also huge. And not, I'm not saying everyone can analyze data and be analytical, but I do think it takes someone special to take information and be creative with it and to think strategically with it rather than just to say, you know, 50% of so-and-so did X, Y, and Z, figuring out what that really means and taking that data into, you know, insight and actionable, you know, steps for something that you can do. I think that's huge. So creativity and kind of that strategic thinking would be, I would think second communication. I think communication is huge. Being able to communicate your information and communicate with your stakeholders. And then obviously analytical, you know, it cannot be ignored. I think, you know, you have to be comfortable with data and working with it and, and digging through it and really being curious and finding those little, I won't say golden nuggets because I feel like that term is used way too often. It, it's kind of cringy, but fi finding those little insights. That's great. So you and I both know you've got the attention of all the cohorts. You've got the attention of the 60, 80, 100 MSMR students that are in the program right now, right? Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to them? That's a good one. I, I think you have to realize that it's different than undergrad, right? Because I know a lot of people in the cohort come right out of undergrad. And I think you have to kind of get yourself into a different frame of mind, a different mindset of, okay, this is the degree that I'm going to be using in my job. Um, this is a degree that I need to apply every day because it is so useful and 
and so impactful. So I think as you're going through every course and you're reading, you know, your textbooks and you're listening to lectures, think about, you know, how am I going to use this in a job? And if you can't answer that question, then ask a professor because they will know the answer to it. And if they don't, then, you know, maybe they'll reconsider. But I think, you know, everything that we learned could be applied somewhere. And if if you're not making that connection, then I think you're you're kind of cheating yourself in the program because you're going to get to your first job and you're not going to make those connections between, you know, what you learned in 819 with Wilson and, you know, a client who says, I want to do a segmentation. If you can't make that connection, then you're, you're losing a lot of value. So constantly kind of figuring out how you can apply it is huge. That's great. So my, my sense is, I know you just the uh, 20 minutes or so that we've gotten to know each other. I, I got to believe that you are a curious person and you continue to want to learn things. So if I said to you in closing, you know, Katie, what do you want to learn? What do you want to get better at in the next six months? How would you answer that question? That's a really good question. And I think right now, because I am starting at a new company, I just want to become more of an expert in my field. So my big focus is on consumers who are in the application phase of the mortgage process. So my, you know, number one thing that I'm trying to learn is everything I can about those consumers and just kind of fully immersing myself in what they're doing, which is somewhat easy because I just closed on my first home. So I know exactly what they're experiencing, but I, I think it's it's less market research related at this point and more just like content related and how I can become better at my job and apply the market research skills that I have to the content that I'm constantly working with. Katie, I cannot thank you enough. And I really appreciate your time today on Spartan Insights. My name is Meryl Zubro, and you've been listening to Katie Caldwell. Thanks, Katie. Thanks so much.